Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Ed Maher, also with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Welcome, Ed. Happy Sunday. Yep. Phil Davidson with the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. Welcome, Phil. Hello. How's Sunday? Very good. So far, so good. So far, so good, yeah. It's uh, football season, right? Yeah, we got a couple big games. Almost over. Um, So, who are you rooting for? Um, Do you care? I don't really care. I'm, I'm so, so far out of every. I mean, America's team is Detroit right now, right? They've they've supplanted the. Uh, I'd like Cowboys, to. So. I'd like. I'd like to see them do it. I'm, yeah. I am a Mahomes fan, but I, I, you know, Detroit hasn't done it. What ever? Never, never even been in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So they, they let's let's, let's go Detroit right here in Michigan. There yeah, let's let's do it. So we, we, we don't we don't we don't have a lot of time, but I want to bring up one quick quick thing that just happened a couple of days ago. President Biden was in. Wisconsin? Yep, right on the border with Wisconsin and Minnesota. And he announced $5 billion in infrastructure. Right. $5 billion. Not $5 right. million, $5 billion. And he did it on the site of, uh, like in the shadow of a bridge that's going to be replaced. It's a 60-year-old bridge that's going to cost a billion dollars to rebuild. So that's going to be covered with uh, federal funds from the bipartisan infrastructure bill. I mean, that's just fantastic news. And not to, not to play politics, because this is not political, because it is bipartisan. Right. And one of the only bipartisan things that we've seen in, you know, in, in a while, uh, and quite frankly, probably the last one that we've seen, right, was that infrastructure bill. But that is an amazing amount of work for the building trades, right? And you're talking about for decades, for for generation, five yeah. billion dollars, and that was just a piece of what he, you know, that's just a piece of of it. I mean, infrastructure, right? So you know, a billion dollars for that bridge. And by the way, would you want to be driving over a bridge that needs a billion dollars of work? Not really. <laughs> no. Maybe there's another way or into wherever it is that they're going. Yeah, by boat they can go by barge, ferry. <laughs> Or the channel. They have a channel. The channel. Right? Yeah. Very short channel. So we, yeah, we need a channel. But it, so in that in that um, there there's we advocate for a channel. <clears throat> All right, we'll talk about it later. But there's legislation that uh, makes these uh, federal jobs uh, require a union contract, right. and you know, of course, you know the the contractors associations and people that hate us are complaining bitterly about it and trying to sue and blah blah blah. Um, but those are two hundred thousand union jobs right. that this thing has created, and just by that swiping of that one pen. So swipe some more pens, uh, President some more Biden. Yeah, build some more bridges, build some more channels. We have to take a quick break um, on the workers' mic right here. We have a great show for you today. We have Bob Bruno, right? Um, Labor historian from yeah, UIUC. Super, yeah. super psyched. And then we have Megan Financial. And today we actually have somebody other than Ron Whittingham. We have a, a new guest, which we'll meet uh, in, a, in a little bit to talk about uh, the important work that Megan Financial does uh, for the building trades and our, and our members of the Looking MCL. Looking forward to meeting her. Yes, yeah, so super psyched. So we'll be right back with more of the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ken. Sitting with me is Ed and Phil. And we are lucky today to have Professor Bob Bruno. Welcome, Bob. And Bob was on our show before, right? But he's, he's, Bob's but, been but, in a few times. But I think uh, last time you were on, uh, on telephone, if I'm no, not mistaken. No, I think I came in the studio the last time. No, it, no. Was, it was Labor Day. Was it? Right? Weren't we talking about Labor Day and the history of Labor Day? We were talking about the history of Labor Day. I thought we were in person, but you may Bob, know better. I think Bob was in the studio. I think you were in New York for that one. Ah, that's right. 
Don't ever correct I, me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Ed, Ed, why Bob, don't you, Ed, you take it. Bob, you are the professor of labor and employment relations at U of I. You're also the head of the um, labor education program at U of I. I'm a, an alumni of one of yeah. your programs from yeah. from years ago. Um, and you've got a book. And you say U of I. University of Illinois. For lots of our out-of-state listeners. Yeah, that's true. There's, yeah. lots, there's lots of U of I's, aren't there? Yes. Oh, there's only, there's there's only one University of Illinois. At Urbana-Champaign. There you go. Okay. Actually, there's one in Springfield. There's one in Chicago. And there's one in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you're here today. Um, you've been in a few times talking about everything work-related, labor-related. Um, you know, you teach labor education to our union members at Local mm-hmm. 150 and countless others. Um, and, you know, we always hear at the Workers' Mike value what you do. And I was excited to see that you've got a book out uh, entitled What Work Is. Um, and It's I, almost not a sentence, by the way. What Work Is? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a well, good I'm point. Well, I'm not a language it's arts not an instructor. Yeah. I'm not an English <laughs> What Work Is. Yeah. Um, Tom, is this your first book? <laughs> it's no. actually the fifth. I, I'm still working on titles. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to see the other titles. So, <laughs> but I've, I've got a little Thank bit of, a, of, of background on this because as a student in Bob's program, um, he does this exercise mm-hmm. where he'll hand out um, you know, a survey and everyone in the class has to answer a question. Okay. And it is, work is blank. Gotcha. And you have six words to describe what work means That's to it. you. And the, the title of this book is What Work Is. So um, tell us a little bit about you know, how, how you turn – all these questions into a book, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great. I appreciate getting the opportunity to uh, to do that. Uh, so, um, you know, I in all of my classes for years, I want to have conversations that are meaningful mm-hmm. to the students. And whether it's a labor history class or it's a labor and politics class or a collective bargaining class, I think you have to start with that primal activity that all of us yearn to do and 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 do so much of it, and that is work. Uh, And I want to start with that conversation because I feel like you need to get to the root of the of the subject. And and, and that's something that can connect everybody in the classroom. So uh, the the idea was to uh, offer uh, this brief writing exercise. And it is correct. Uh, I ask people to do a little bit of writing. I give them two words to prompt them. Work is. And then I ask them to complete that statement using six words or less. Wow. And the idea is to use a, 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 a brief prompt to force them really to come up with something um, that they feel uh, and that will be provocative. And in fact, I, I was inspired by something uh, National Public Radio did mm-hmm. around the subject of race mm. to try to kind of get at how people experience race. Mm-hmm. And again, they use that sort of six-word gotcha. prompt. And I've been collecting these essays. For how long? Oh, geez. Um, for maybe about a, about a dozen, maybe 10 years. Wow. Uh, and they've been piling up. Uh, and, and each time we do the exercise, we then have extensive conversations about the meaning of what they had to say. And I ask workers to stand up, right, to witness to this. Um, and, and, and then after curating all of the essays, uh, I realized there were some dominant themes that were popping out like what well like time mm-hmm. right so many workers offered essays things like work is forever mm. work is why i'm not fishing more yeah right yeah work is planting a tree for my grandchildren mm-hmm. all right they're talking about 
present time. Yeah. They're talking about, in other essays, past time, a legacy that they bring. But they're also thinking about the future. So when they're working in the present, it's an investment in the future. Uh, so time just rippled across many of the essays. Space was another thing. Hmm. Where they work. Uh, right? Yeah. And also the the physical world around them is a world they built. You know, we don't see the names of operating engineers on buildings or on highways. There, there would if they could. <laughs> well, and maybe and maybe they should because their work is embedded. Sure. There. Right. So space was a powerful concept. On, on what you just said, I think it's important to note. I mean, in the building trades, anybody who's ever had a father or an uncle or oh, somebody yeah. in the building trades, if you're driving in the car with them, they'll drive past a building they work on. And it's like, see that? I built that. And I think anyone who's got a family member in the building yeah. trades can, can relate to that. Uh, we're doing a class with um, uh, welders, iron workers, painters. Uh, they would actually, and, and there are a number of examples, they will reference where they work. So mm-hmm. work is on the side of the road uh, or work is in millennial park or McCormick, is, place, or McCormick yeah. place, things like that. So it's definitely, there's a piece of geography sure. that they associate with a third important theme was just the, 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 the diverse ways that work leaves an impact mm-hmm. on your life. So it's the physical impact, mm. right? It's a psychological impact, the emotional impact, there, uh, th- there is the impact of feeling joy and satisfaction in doing the work that you do. So everything from work is killing us slowly, right. you know, yeah. to you know, to to uh, uh, you know, work is how I grow. As a human being, so both ends of the spectrum, yeah, really. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, it's not one-dimensional. Yeah, I think one of the beautiful things you come to understand is just how multi-layered and multi-dimensional work is in our lives. It's such a critical human activity. Workers wrote about the purpose they work. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like know? like the why? Yeah, this is the why question, Ken. Okay. You know, work is, and the word feed came mm-hmm. up a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Work is how I feed yeah. my family. Sure. Right? But work is also how I serve the nation. Mm-hmm. So work becomes a form of service. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, it, and, and, and sometimes workers would write more than one essay. And so you'd get both of these, you'd get this duality. That's interesting. You know, the, and then the last theme uh, was who do you work for or the subject of your work? Mm. And we all would say, well, we certainly work for ourselves, right? We, uh, we need to do this in order to survive, to find some meaning and satisfaction. But we work for our kids. We work for our family. We work for our community. There were nurses uh, and, and, and construction workers who said, I work, you know, work is on behalf of my union, mm-hmm. seeing the union as a powerful identity that they had to keep. It, it, interesting, though, the one thing, the one subject that never came up and we're talking well, maybe once, right? Right. Over the th- nobody said they worked for the boss. Oh, good. Right. <laughs> Stick it to the man. Yeah. Well, you know they weren't, and, and these weren't necessarily folks who were antagonistic to the boss. They weren't revolutionaries, but it wasn't, and, and they knew who was signing the check. Sure. But the subject of their work was uh, someone they loved. Yeah. People they interacted with. Right. Sometimes, you know, most cases, people they don't they don't even know. Of course. But their service is critical. 
uh, too. So those were the dominant themes, uh, and I, I tried to pull as many essays as I could into each chapter. Also draw on some philosophy, uh, because there's been some great thinkers who've, who've sort of thought about identity and work, bring in some poetry, right. uh, bring in some music, and then bring in some contemporary um, you know, stories and data uh, about the labor movement, about the workforce, bring in some history. Uh, hopefully it's a real accessible work. Uh, to, yeah, to people. I thought so. And I think um, part of the culmination of the book was um, where you brought in this this question of who do you work for and how so many people's jobs are identified by who they say they work for and their feelings toward work. Um, but I think it says a lot that you, you mentioned that people don't work for their boss. Like people who have jobs that maybe they don't get a lot of um, satisfaction or personal growth out of, they do it for their family. You know, they're, they're always working toward mm-hmm. um, toward a goal like that. And Early on in the book, you talk about the early days of free market capitalism in uh, the United States and how free market capitalism, which so many people talk about uh, even today, that was like um, you know the Upton Sinclair book, The Jungle, mm. or the Triangle Shirtwaist mm-hmm. Factory. That's mm-hmm. when you didn't have safety regulations mm-hmm. uh, to contend with. And you know the founders of this system um, of free market capitalism would probably just as quickly have taken uh, slaves over paid workers, but... The system has evolved um, to where workers, you know, work has a something to do with what your life is and how you identify yourself, but it has to empower you to to live the rest of your life as well. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of pulling back into history a bit because the the culminating chapter, I guess you could say, well, okay, so we we've learned all of this, but you know, now what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea here is that. Uh, I wanted to help people understand how work is experienced and how a person lives their life through work. And and the idea is that if I can help them better understand, well, they're going to more strongly relate to those workers. And that means they're going to want to see public policy and they're going to want to see law that is protective of the workplace. And one of the things that I, I recommend is that we can raise the quality of work and we can increase worker satisfaction uh, by unionizing more workers. So we should have political officials who are friendlier to collective bargaining. And there ought to be laws that are uh, that are more protective. Uh, so th- the point is that, you know, yes, we t- we do have a uh, a free market capitalist economy, but it's worked best when it's been regulated. Well, let's see. Yes. Yeah. No so, and so that's a, that's a touchy word right now, given what's going on in the Supreme Court, right? We are about to potentially see those administrative agencies mm-hmm. that regulate work mm-hmm. get, get decimated, right? Become completely, uh, they're already halfway toothless anyway, but now just to get the, rid of the rest of their teeth. And and so, what, yeah. you know, how does that work, right? Yeah. Do, are we going to go back to the jungle and yeah. Upton Sinclair and, and you know, uh, the shirtwaist triangle fires, and what's going to happen? And, you know, workers, when in the chapter in which workers talk about the impact of their work, you know, they talk about, um, they talk about the physical, sure. right? Yeah. The, the physical cost, the burden uh, that befalls uh, workers. We, we, we talk about how life expectancy is shorter for folks who are working class, who are working in more physically, you know, yeah. demanding wage jobs. Uh, and maybe we don't need to have them working 40 hours a week, right? Maybe we could do a 32-hour week, a 30-hour week. But at the very least, we need regulations that will inspect workplaces, that will, right, that will hold corporations accountable when workplaces aren't safe. And any effort 
frankly, to pull out that infrastructure that makes capitalism a little less brutal, a little less harsh, a little fairer, right, uh, is really setting us back. Uh, quite frankly. But you see that, I mean, Bob, you tell me, unless we're reading the tea leaves wrong, we're watching it, right? We're watching uh, states pass regressive child labor laws, right. and we're watching the Supreme Court case take this, you know, the Chevron mm-hmm. uh, doctrine and, and revisit it. And there's only one reason the Supreme Court case, you know, Supreme Court wants to revisit something, and that's to overturn it. To overturn it. And, and so, uh, you know, on one hand, you know, We've been on the sh- on the air for about a year now and change, and you've seen this massive upswing of union organizing and union gains, uh, and <clears throat> just workers finally starting to realize that, you know, maybe I should get a fair piece of the pie. And then simultaneously, you have you know the Supreme Courts of the world and the right wings of the world and the Koch brothers of the world screaming backwards. So yeah. there's this like this this. It seems to me that there's a coming clash. Yeah, 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 and that clash is always. Uh, been there. That sort of class struggle yes. uh, is constant and right. should be acknowledged. And and I got to tell you, what these essays really reveal, uh, and and the and the deeper discussions that you have with workers is it's somewhat uh, it's genuinely heartbreaking because these workers talk about making America possible. Right. They, you right. know, they talk about their community being healthy Absolutely. I, mean, I mean we physically workers physically build it yes uh, you you had al lawrence from the iea educators right yeah. help the the next generation to 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 make that world uh, function and they're committed to doing that i mean th- they see value in that and and so to have a court or have government turn their backs on them sure right uh, it, it's an that's an incredible betrayal yeah. Quite, quite frankly. Well, we say on this show a lot that there's dignity in all work, whether you're the person sweeping the floor or somebody who's just in the shadows doing something important that isn't well paid or isn't recognized by people. But, um, you know, in America, you can work full time or beyond and still be living in poverty. And it seems like the sort of external forces are expanding that that class of people rather than, you know, pushing it in the other direction. And that's where, of course, obviously unions come into play and, and, and workers' mm-hmm. rights centers and all of the, the, mm-hmm. the people that are in this mm-hmm. room and listen to the show, we have to, you know, we have to lift that up. And when they take away the regulations, then guess what? Then the unions are going to police it, right? Then we're going to have to police it. And people are going to have to stand up for themselves and say, you know, enough is enough. I think you're seeing a sea change in that, mm-hmm. right? Ed, like the people that, and Phil, like we've talked about, the people that, you know, would go to work and say, I'm so happy to have a job. Mm. This is great. I have a job. It's not that anymore, right? It's like, why am I working for 12 bucks an hour? Well, and, yeah, this could be know? real fertile organizing grounds when all mm-hmm. this stuff gets repealed. I, I, yeah. I think that's right. This this question, though, I mean, I thought back to when I filled this out, which would have been probably 14 <laughs> or 15 years ago, and I don't know what I what I answered, but it made me really think. It didn't make the book. It certainly didn't make the book. So the so. book is What Work Is uh, by Bob Bruno. Where can folks get this book, Bob? Well, you can go to your onla- any online uh, retailer uh, and, and order it. Uh, it's now uh, available. You can go to the U of I Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you do go to the U of I uh, Press, you go to their website uh, for a period of time, there is a, a discount mm-hmm. on nice. the price of the book, which I'm very uh, supportive of. Uh, so hopefully people will check it out. That's yeah. awesome. Let me know yeah. what they think. Yeah. Well, it was a great book, and uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your, thank your you. schedule. Yeah, thank you so much. Here. Always a pleasure to come on the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good work. All right. We'll be right back with uh, more of the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. 
You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. Ed had to leave, right? Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, Ed. Uh, see you later. Um, drive careful. And uh, we are talking today, uh, as we talked about it earlier, with Danielle Burton. Right? Am I getting that right? Yes, Danielle Burton. M- Megan Financial. Yes, I'm a retirement consultant with Megan Financial. Have been with Megan for 12 years now. Really? Yeah. And welcome. Uh, yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Thanks for coming in. Um, and what did you do before Megan? I actually worked at a firm also in investment planning, financial advice up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where I'm from. You're from Wisconsin? Yes. We were just talking about Wisconsin. Yeah, right? big fan of Oshkosh. So now you live down here or are you still up there? Nope, live down here. Okay. Been here for 12 years. You like it? Uh, yeah, I do. Don't lie. <laughs> Still Oshkosh. Parts of it, yes. Parts of it, no. There's no Packers here, but I can still root for them here. Yeah, did your Packers win? They did not. This concludes our segment. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. (laughs) It was great having you on. (laughs) Please leave now. (laughs) I don't care. Um, So... uh, so let's talk about we know look megan is obviously uh the the, the major sponsor of the workers mic which we, we uh, really appreciate what you guys do um in sponsoring the show but more importantly what you guys do for our members yes and you know before we get into to me actually asking you questions i'm going to tell you something and that is i can't tell you how many people uh that i talk to because you know that this 800 number for the mcl goes directly to my cell phone and I answer every single phone call and you know one out of ten is somebody asking about financial advice right and hey I'm getting ready to retire um, and the the union told me X but I was really kind of confused about what they said and I said you know that that makes perfect sense to me and, and technically the union can't give you financial advice because they're not fiduciaries True. Well, the health and welfare fund can't give you financial advice because you know it's technically it's illegal um, you know, they can give you guidance, et cetera, tell you your options, but then you're kind of on your own, right? Yeah. And in the union world, we have so many benefits and there's so many different unions and some people, <clears throat> you know, Phil, I'm sure you guys have this. It's like, hey, I started as labor. Now I'm a carpenter, right? I have a pension left over from this union. Right. And then I came over here, right? And so I say, hey, you're in luck. Yeah. You know, number one, you call the right place. Number two, I'm going to give you a phone number and they'll know your union. They'll know your pension. They'll know your annuity. They'll know your health and welfare. Yeah. They'll understand your talk. And they'll talk to you in plain English. And then I won't try and sell you anything, right? And it's a really comforting feeling. A week later, I'll get a call. And I'm not making any of this up, by the way. I'll get a call. And it's like, hey, Ken, I just want to give you a heads up. You know, you told me to. And I'll ask people, like, you let me know how your experience is. And one out of ten of them yeah. will call me back, you know. Um, but every once in a while, I'll get a call back. And they're like, I just want to thank you so much for putting me in touch with Megan Financial. <clears throat> they spoke to me in plain English. They sat down with me and my wife. And now I have a game plan. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's really nice uh, and kind of altruistic as to what you guys do. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, to be honest with you, the, the MCL partnered with you guys because we, we – we thought that was important and you know you're you know obviously right here in the midwest you're not calling an 800 number you're not talking to somebody overseas you know you're not talking to somebody that just wants to sell 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 you're talking to somebody that understands what we do for a living and you guys are in it for the long game yes so so tell so with that with my uh you've touched on so many important things (laughs) but Uh, but tell me like in your experience like what do you do and and you know what do you want to talk about today you tell us so i I think the importance of finding that trusted resource which you kind of already talked about already 
having that union background, working with the different locals that we work with, and kind of having their stamp of approval on what we do, and having worked with members, experience with us, and then that travels to another local, sure. and they hear the same thing. So having that reputation within the locals and the unions that we work with here in the Midwest is super important, because when you think about where do I go to find someone to trust right. with this very, very important information, this very, very important decision, how do you find that person? You know, especially if you're in a union, where do you go? Well, it was always like, yeah. you know, hey, my brother's uncle knows this guy. Right. Yeah. Or I yeah. got a guy. I know this guy. Or can, can you and do it's not just and- It's not just union members. also family members, right? Yes. I mean, because a lot of times you run into situations where, unfortunately, sadly, you know, a, a member will die, and then they have their pension benefits, and then, obviously, the spouse needs help sorting through that, and you, you provide those resources as well. And I know, For I mean, sure. that's so daunting. We get those calls, and I know Ken does all the time. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's, it's, I, I literally, in the last week, I probably got six emails about that. And you can direct them to people like Megan, who knows you know what what they need to do, what uh, steps need to be taken, and that's uh, I, I know it provides a huge relief for those people. Providing relief is yeah. is one of the things that we really pride ourselves on being able to do both before people retire, before a member gets to that retirement stage. Because when you think about retirement as a whole, sure, and people are starting to get into that, you know, five six years out, I I think there's a lot of nervousness and anxiety that comes with that decision. Absolutely, just on a very surface level, of course. And being able to find a resource to go to that can kind of ease those concerns, talk you through the different issues that you're going to face. They know what paperwork needs to be filed when. That's our job obviously right and then to be able to explain in layman's terms what does this benefit mean for me and my family and them to be comfortable with those decisions then when you're entering that retirement space you're not feeling anxious nervous unprepared you feel like oh i'm really looking forward to retirement now i've got my yeah. my countdown on my <laughs> right. phone yeah i can look forward to those days as they sure. tick down and i don't have to be worried that I missed something that you know, I'm, not, you, I'm you, overlooking. You, you, something. you make a really good point, and and I guess I, I, we gloss over this all the time. You know, we always like, oh my god, this is great! I'm, I got retirement, and retirement's coming. You know, but you have a lot of people, and I get these calls as well. They're very nervous. They don't know what the future holds, and they don't know, more importantly, that what their safety net is, right? What their income is going to be, what the health insurance is going to be. Quite frankly, because the guy's out working. Right, and, and they put their head in the sand. Yeah, because talking about this stuff is stress provoking. Any yes. kind of change, right? What do they say? The biggest stressors are moving, getting divorced. Uh, I think probably getting married, changing jobs. I think is one of them. But probably yep. you got to throw in there leaving work, retiring. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like like That's, we were just talking about. Uh, work is right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How about this? Work. What work isn't anymore? Yeah, it's, it's a big life. <laughs> it's called change, retirement, sure. right? Yeah, and and so that's got to be like it, the people have to be nervous, right? Yeah, and I know that when I talk to some folks, I have to say things two or three times until they understand. Yes, because it's hard to hear at first because you're so nervous and and thinking about like, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to really make a sea change in my life. I might move. I might sell my house. I might mm-hmm. go to Florida or Arizona, wherever, someplace yep. warmer. And you guys are there to help. Absolutely, through the whole process. And I think you hit on this really important because we don't just talk about this one time with members usually. It starts off normally at one of our seminars, kind of a general sense, 30,000-foot view, introducing people potentially to hearing about their benefits for the very first time. Sure. And then meeting with us one-on-one after to kind of keep reiterating that information so that it really starts to sink in. And then giving them... Here's your blueprint. Here's what retirement is actually going to look like for, for you. you. Yeah. Your numbers. Yeah. Not just a general idea of, okay, I understand the rules of the pension. I understand when I'm eligible. But then applying that to yourself. Danielle, and I your remember situation. working for years and years, and it would be like, oh, your pension is blank percent of blank percent of mm-hmm. this, that, times this. And yeah, <laughs> like, what? <I> know. <laughs> and you're like, 
uh, you know, reading those prospectuses, you're like, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. I, would get, I would get the statements, <laughs> and I'm like, well, explain this to me now. Yeah. If you work this many, like, this is an actual state. Like, I just yeah. never quite really understood it. Yeah. And then I would do what probably everybody else does is I would stick that piece of paper in a drawer, and I'd go back to work, and I'd worry about it until the next statement yeah. came. And then I'd go, oh, I should really start paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. But you guys actually, and I, I know this because I've, I've talked to them, but you give them a number. Yes. Like, here's your number. This is the dollar amount that you have to live on. Yes, And absolutely. you're going to fit your life into that dollar amount. I can't tell you how many people are like, I have how much? <laughs> like, what? I, I didn't think I would have that yeah. much. We, yeah, we get that a lot with members. Is that a good feeling? It's a great feeling to yeah. watch someone coming into a meeting being kind of nervous, sure. anxious as we're starting the conversation. And then as we're getting into looking at those bottom line numbers and they go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize what this actually meant. I could retire, no problem. Like tomorrow. Like tomorrow. Yeah, it you know? happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has happened. Right. Uh, once you have that that financial freedom, sure. With in, in, it's in your brain now. Right. It's hard to separate yourself from that, but it's a really good feeling because going into it ahead of time, you're feeling like, do I have enough? Right. Have I budgeted enough for this? Yeah. Luckily, with all the locals that we work with, a lot of that budgeting has been done within your within their pay package. You know, going into the pension benefits. But then truly understanding the value of what that's going to provide for you yeah. and your spouse. Yeah, they, they know. You. I think our the general member knows the benefit package they receive, the annuity, the pension, but they don't know the nitty gritty, which is a big part of it. Of you know, it just is. just of just having those benefits means one thing, but you need someone to help guide you about when you can start withdrawing, all, all those other details. So that's where you guys come in. And, Danielle, and it's great. Yeah. What and, about what about when you're like if like when you're starting, right? Yeah. What about like yeah. when you're an apprentice or just getting into the trades or just getting into our world? You know, what should you do? Should you contact you guys a- right out of the gate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Never not too early. Too early. Never okay. too early to start planning. We get that question a lot, too, after a seminar. doesn't matter how young or old a person is. Right. Oh, I'm this many years away from retirement. I think it's too early for me to sit down and start talking about this. It's really not, because I guess when you look at it from the standpoint of you're, you're driving on a road, the road's out ahead. How soon would you like to know that information so that you can reroute yourself? That's a good point. If there's something that you need to correct or pivot or adjust, the earlier that we start that process, the sooner we can make those things happen. Because I, I like that analogy. As, how soon can I get off the, the yeah. <laughs> when can I get off this road? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just how it is. And, and, and by the way, you know what you guys charge for that? Nothing. Nothing. Free. That's free. free. I want everybody. Free, free, free. Every, I want everybody to understand that that information to MCL members is free. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free for twenty years of your career. It's free for thirty years of your career. If they never invest a penny in Megan's. It's free for your Absolutely. life, right? Yeah. End of discussion. Like, who gets that? <laughs> Not many people. And we are such a unique, unique subsect of like you know pension uh, union members and union workers. Like they have such a unique benefit system, and so you need someone who specializes in that, and that's what they provide. Because you know, I, I think if you were to go to another financial advisor, and I have done this before, it was like, wait, what? What do you get? You're the union. Like they have no yeah. clue because uh, it's it's just unheard of. Phil, obviously, Phil, I've done the same thing. Yeah. In, in in the private sector, what we receive as members is is unheard of so yeah that's that touches on another yeah. really important point and i've had this experience directly with members a couple of times who have been with other firms maybe they have an investment account with another firm they come and sit with me go over their benefits and we're starting to talk and i'm making recommendations of how i'm seeing all these pieces of their puzzle fit sure and i make a recommendation on something and they'll say well how come so and so at this other firm didn't say that I'm like well they probably don't understand the benefits that you have here so they don't have the full information to no. give you a proper recommendation because they're not working with all of the pieces right yeah. they're missing some of it maybe through no fault of their own they just don't know what they don't know yet 
we have the foresight of being able, we've been working with these plans for a really long time. So it's just in our DNA. It's part of what we do every single day. It's hard to replicate that in another place when you're not dealing with the pension plans all the time and right. seeing the nuances between all of them, the different election choices that people are going to make. If you're not dealing with it, you're just not familiar with how that works. I think that's right. And it's like going to get your oil changed and asking about your brakes. They they just don't know, mm-hmm. right? They don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you make a good point. I've, I've been working you know, pretty diligently with Ron Whittingham, you know, one of your principals, in making sure that he has the access to all of our plans and fund administrators and documents and uh, things that need to be signed off on. So it's one-stop shopping. You pick up the phone and you call Megan Financial. Mm-hmm. We have 400 unions now, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to know a lot. You know, a lot of different plans because there's a joke in like this world, I guess. It's just like you've seen one plan, you've seen one plan, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. is a little bit different. You guys have to have an amazing amount of knowledge yeah. and confidence that you're navigating that person through not just perhaps one pension, perhaps two pensions, right? Yeah. An annuity, uh, health insurance, you know. Social security. Social yeah. security, right? Good, great, great point. And then, you know, like Phil said, and I've had this conversation too, God forbid somebody passes away. You know, mm-hmm. the widow, uh, that is a, you want to talk about a stressful situation. Yeah. You know, your, your husband passed away, your wife passed away, your spouse passed away. What do I do? And if, you know, it's during working life, what do I do? If I've already retired, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful uh, experience to be able to say, A, you have life insurance through us. B, I have a phone number for you. Yeah. And here's the number. Yeah. pick up the phone, and they're going to guide you through it for the surviving spouse. And that spouse, by the way, maybe never paid a penny of dues. Yeah. But you're going to mm-hmm. take care of their family. Care of Absolutely. Them, right? Because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a family situation I Rarely do I feel better at work than when I get those emails and I can direct someone, you know, to... to the, that assistance and those resources to help navigate, you know, what uh, they're entitled to, and it's um, it's really cool. Let's go back to something that you said earlier, mm-hmm. um, and and that is the, the people that are just starting, yeah. right? Um, what would you advise? Would you advise them to pick up the phone and call you? Yeah. You know, like how does that, how does that work for somebody that's just new to the trades coming in? Like, what what should they, that person be doing? They should definitely give us a call. There's it's uh, where, where do they call? What's the number? Seven zero eight. Four 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 one zero nine zero is our phone number, and they can also go to the website and submit, you know, an inquiry there. Okay. www.megent.com. M e g e n t. dot com is Got the it. website. Okay. And what? Are, and so, let's say I'm I'm new, right? You're going to sit down with me. What are we talking about? We're kind of going everything, really. There's nothing that's off limits in that conversation. You know, the holistic approach to planning, because to me, every piece matters to to get a clear picture of what the puzzle looks like. So what does that mean? Like, what are like name some of the pieces? So, if you again, if you're in a local, because not everybody's from the locals, but most people are in a local or in a union. So, your pension benefits. If we know what local you're with, and we're already working with them, we'll probably have a good idea of that. You know, maybe your pension statements, if you've gotten any, mm-hmm. any 401k or annuity things that maybe you're contributing to, if your spouse has benefits, bringing that into the conversation. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, do you have kids? Are you concerned about college planning, um, social security that might be far away for someone who's just starting in the trade, but talking about conceptually how that fits into the plan? Those are things that we don't necessarily need statements for, but we'll talk about, again, as a concept and how that's going to fit into your your plan overall. Yeah, and then you're going to just roadmap their future, right? Yeah. In, in what their retirement will look yeah, like we'll project and, and it how out. much they'll spend. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and do you help them? So say somebody says, you know, uh, we I just had our first kid. He's one. 
Um, but I, I do plan on sending him to college if that's what he wants to do. Do you help him open that plan? That, we can, yes. Like a, what's called a what's it called? 529, 529 plan, yep. And that, what is that? That's tax-free money? It depends on the program that you're using. Okay. It depends on the state that you're in. There are different um, tax benefits to those programs. But it's for college? Yes. It's a college savings program. Yep, and for essentially all the 529 plans work much, much the same in that you're putting money in there, saving it for college. If you use it for college expenses, it's tax-free money, that the tax-free on the growth. Got it, okay. And then... Um, what happens if you decide not to go to college? What happens to that money? So it depends on the situation. If you've got more than one child, you could potentially use that money for the other kid. The other kid. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. So it can go between siblings. If you've got multiple kids, you mm-hmm. can use it between that. You know, There's other ways now that they've come up with that are a little more complex where you can convert to Roth that just started okay. in the last year or two. That's I can't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, there's a provision for that now. There's a schedule for it. So again, it depends on the person. So you might not get hammered if you're... You might not. Okay, no. good. The answer is maybe not, <laughs> but you could. We'll, the answer is we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. You know, another thing that I think is important now, we're starting to, to get this as the coalition gets bigger and uh, starts to offer more and more benefits we're starting to see this like kind of synergy between some of our benefits. Um, I know that you guys will sit down with somebody and say, okay, you're 25 or you're 30 and you just got into the trades and you said that you either want to get married or you're already married and have a house. Do you have life insurance? Mm-hmm. And I've heard these conversations, right? And the guy was like, no, I don't, I, I don't have life insurance. I'm 25. You know, <laughs> I never bought life insurance before I wasn't married. You know, I didn't have a kid. Like, are you gonna, and now you guys will start to say, Hey, as part of your package, you know, as long as you're a member of good standing through the MCL, you can actually go get life insurance. Yeah. You can get disability, right? Yes. You can do this, 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 and this. Here's a credit union where you can open up an account, right? Um, here, my credit's this. And, and so there's this, you're starting to see our program start to kind of create its own mini economy, yeah. if that makes sense to you. No, it does. So our folks, like if our lawyers get a question on, you know, whatever, uh, taxes and what, oh, by the way, you know, and then somehow it pivots to financial planning, they simply go, oh, call Megan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's working really, really well. And I think as we get bigger and bigger, and you know, uh, the synergy itself will start to, I don't I hate to say it, but like, we're trying to create our own sort of little world here yeah. that hopefully gets bigger and, you know, because it's good for the families, yeah. right? It takes the pressure off of having to make all of these life decisions mm-hmm. that are really hard to make, mm-hmm. right? Should I buy, look, I can't decide if I should buy a car or lease a car. Um, listen, we gotta, we gotta go. Uh, you've, you've spent more than enough time here with us and we I really appreciate, appreciate it. Danielle, thank I you so much. And it's thank Megan you. Financial. One more time, the phone number? 708-444-1090 and the website, megan.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. be back Thanks, uh, with more of the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. Danielle Burton, Investment Executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois 60462, 708 444 1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Satera Advisors LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker dealer and a registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Satera Advisors LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Vacant Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting with me is Phil. Ed's gone. Bye, Ed. <laughs> See you, Ed. We'll miss you. We don't. We only have a couple of seconds. Phil, you had something interesting uh, that's happening. Yeah, in this is uh, this is near and dear to my heart as a former newspaper reporter. But there was recently a uh, bipartisan commission that was formed, uh, the Illinois Journalism Task Force. Okay. And what they did was they're trying to figure out how to stem the tide of failing newspapers, sure. which we see happening, Obviously. you know, not just in Illinois, but across the country. Um, I think we've lost like 85 or something in the last uh, 10 years or something. It's it's sad. And obviously, we you need an informed society. You need a healthy and strong um, news outlet. It's bad for democracy. It's, bad, it's horrible for democracy. Yeah, yeah. So what they came up with was some ways to try to get people to, to keep uh, newspapers, news outlets uh, in operation and to keep our citizens re-informed. So one of them are um, create tax incentives for um, subscribers of newspapers. So, oh. hey, if you subscribe to a newspaper, yeah. you get a tax break. Uh, That's yeah, awesome. And uh, I, I saw another one was, you know, a lot of governments will um, advertise. They have a budget set aside for sure. billboard advertising, television, like require a certain a small percentage that would be used to advertise in newspapers because newspapers obviously rely on advertising to Absolutely. keep uh, the lights on of those places um there would be tax credits for for uh, obviously the publishers the news outlets themselves just a really good idea i think because uh we need it um obviously the more you see the newspapers fold and news outlets in general again you you run into situations where people are less informed it's easier for uh, corruption to happen, we, which obviously in Illinois, uh, we're, well, we, we're, we're, Phil, we're, we're Phil, not immune to that. Phil, we give tax credits to every company in the world that wants them. True. Right? You know, like, come on here and build, and uh, we'll give you a blank tax credit. So it wouldn't be nice for citizens themselves to get a tax credit yeah. for, for doing something such as reading the paper. For being smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's a smart incentive. The, the, smart, the smart credit. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I'm uh, I'm curious to see where it goes, and hopefully uh, it I love it. Yeah, more. I think they're going to, they, they, the commission met, they came up with these ideas, yep. now it's going to go the legislature and it's bipartisan we like that so yeah, let's see what they come up with all right well more on that soon um listen we gotta we gotta go uh but you have been listening to the workers mic obviously right here on 720 wgn powered by the midwest coalition of labor uh we will see you next week phil correct next week baby all right see you then take care thanks for listening bye the preceding episode of the workers mic was powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by megan financial premise health and voya financial for additional information and podcasts of the workers mic visit wgnradio.com